Hello and welcome to another episode of The Brave Room. Today, we do not have a guest today. It's me, the usual, Juan Amiral from Game of Braves. And also with me today, we have... Kit, also likewise from Game of Braves and the other person in The Brave Room. Yeah, we got some good locks this time. I'm just kidding. We're, those guests are all invited. There's no way to get into The Brave Room without us. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Today, we want to talk about RPGs. Because, as you all know, there are no more good ideas. All of them are taken. There's no more new IPs. So instead, we gotta make some new ones. Sequels. And also, since we're all locked up at home anyway, so it's finally time to do those 9,000 side quests in every JRPG ever. It's true, it's true. But like I said, our main thing we're gonna talk about is the RPGs that should have sequels. Not necessarily the RPGs we want. And I hope you guys have been writing in. Because first of all, if this podcast hits 2k likes, not 2k likes, 2k plays, you know, we're required, legally required to do one of your topics. We're like the White House petitions right now. Make sure to type a comment, square brackets, serious suggestion, and I will consider those. And then he wrote me into. Exactly. The other thing is, today we are going to be listening to Kit a lot more because I have learned that I am a freaking jock when it comes to RPGs. So, here's how it's gonna work. As we all know, making video games is incredibly easy. So we have a list. Kit has pre-submitted to me this list of RPGs that she wants a sequel to. And she's going to tell me why it should get a sequel. If it is, we'll just call Hideo Kojima and he'll make the RPG. I do not want Hideo Kojima on the RPG. Uh, you know, he hasn't said he will make them, he'll just call someone who does. (laughs) So, the first one on this list is Legend of Mana. Well, the Mana series has actually pretty recently gotten a game in the remake of Trials of Mana. But I specifically want Legend of Mana because it's considered a spin-off non-canonical part of the series but I love it to bits so therefore my wish must be granted okay so what's the name of the main series because it sounds like you're saying Legend of Mana isn't the main series name yeah the series name is generally referred to as the Mana series or in Japanese it call it Seiken Densetsu huh where does Legend of Mana fit in on the Mana timeline, I guess? Well, earlier I mentioned it's non-canonical, so it does not... I meant, re- I meant release-wise. Release-wise. Uh, release-wise, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was either 1999 or 2000. So it's a legal adult now. It's more than just a legal adult. It has a degree. It has a diploma, at least. Yeah... So, I'm really showing my age here, but you know... I mean, okay, look. Wait, sidetrack. If you're talking about games from your childhood, then you better be an old person. Because I I see people being like, Oh man, you know, I grew up on Minecraft. Like, dude, what the (laughs) hell? You're too young to be reminiscing about the past. You got so much to live for. Go go add a few more years. I mean, yeah, Minecraft is great. But you know, if you're like, if you're under 24 minimum, you don't get to talk about being old. Yeah, 25, that quarter of the century is when you start becoming a Christmas cake. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, yeah, just keep looking forward to things, please. 
anyways, we're getting off track. Legend of Mana. Uh, when was it declared non-canon? I wasn't, uh, rather, I'm not exactly sure when this piece of information came out, but as the person starved for content, I went scouring and came across the bombshell that my most favorite game in this series is actually not officially part of the canon. So it was kind of earth shattering news for a younger me. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you can't really market a game as not canon and have it be a bonus point because comic book nerds have ruined everything, <laughs> right? I mean, look at Kingdom Hearts 3. They said that the freaking Toy Story world is canon to Toy Story. This is a huge tangent on how much I hate comic book nerds, but yeah. Apparently, in Toy Story lore, Andy gets kidnapped by the Heartless. All if right. you were to believe this story. Of course it's not canon to Toy Story. I hate it, I hate it. But yeah, what's, what's so good about Legend of Mana? First of all, the art is pretty timeless. It's this watercolor 2D with a bit of mix of uh, 2D sprites that move around mm-hmm. on the 2D plane. Well, but I guess art is subjective. But what's not subjective is the music because it's done by the legend herself, Yoko Shimomura, whom everyone loves from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, see, we brought it back. <laughs> we brought it back to something I referenced like 20 seconds ago. <laughs> but yes, if nothing else, she needs to be back for the music and mm-hmm. it cannot be 3D. Please have a 2D game sometimes, okay? I know everyone loves 3D. Final Fantasy itself is moving into 3D action. But can we have 2D sometimes? Yeah, no, okay. So we're talking about 3D versus 2D. Like, I love Octopath Traveler. Like, how that game looks. That's one of the best looking RPGs I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, because it's literally just cardboard cutouts of 2D sprites set in a generic Unreal lighting engine. (laughs) And it sounds like I'm slagging it off, but I'm not. Like, I legitimately think that's one of the best looking RPGs I've ever seen. And Square is somehow surprised that it it sold so well. Have you heard the music by Yasunori Nishiki? It's amazing. That's another great composer to have on board. uh, Is Octopath Traveler being de facto added to this list then? Uh... Let's be real, the mobile game doesn't count. The mobile game doesn't freaking count. Well, honestly, I'm not sure whether I advocate for that having a sequel, but because it's kind of new, so let's just focus on the old fogies stuff first. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can accept that. Yeah, I'm looking through like screenshots of Legend of Mana now, like, oh my god, I forgot when RPGs had color. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I actually kind of dissed the Xbox Live presentation before the Series X came out, I was like, so, it's so dreary and suddenly Bandai Namco puts in Scarlet Nexus and suddenly it was like injection of colour, oh god. <laughs> the, thing, the thing about Scarlet Nexus is Scarlet Nexus is also still quite grey. It's just that, you know, the animation is, has colour on it. This, I'm looking at like, Legend of Mana is just fully coloured. Uh, yeah, and the, one of the best tracks in the game is like a 30 to 40 second loop of one specific area in a, in the town they call Domina. 
people should know this if I say Diddle's soundtrack. So there's this specific performing duo, and one of them is like uh, anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic is that how you say? Anthropomorphic, yeah. Okay, he's basically a record player who's got mad anxiety, but the song he plays with his uh, friend Capella is just amazing. It's so short, but it's so lively. Okay, so it sounds like music is a really important thing for you, then. Yeah, I have to admit that I've bought Octopus Traveler solely for the music because I heard heard the music before I got the game, and Thirteen Sentinels was also the same thing. You know what? Fair enough. So here's an RPG that doesn't need to come back; like it needs to stay dead. Was Digimon World Two? But the music in that slaps. <laughs> I mean, you have the Cyber Sleuth games; those count, I guess. No, no, no. You okay? We this is going to be this is going to be a rabbit hole. This is a one's rabbit hole moment. We are gonna talk about how terrible Digimon World Two is, and how this game needs to stay dead. Right. So don't know if you remember, PlayStation One didn't actually have all that much space in retrospect. A lot of games had to do a lot of things. To keep space safe, and also have content for people to play, and how Digimon World Two does it,、uh, did this, is its leveling system. So you catch a Digimon in the wild, it has a level cap of thirteen. Now, when you get it to level thirteen, you unlock DNA Digivolving, and you have to DNA Digivolve it with a second of that Digimon caught from the wild. Which will create the same Digimon again. So, for example, I really like Betamon. Get my Betamon to level fifteen. Catch another Betamon. DNA Digivolve the two together. Start back at the level one Betamon. But now the level cap is fourteen. Okay, maybe that deserves an episode rant of all on its own. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk. We'll come back to this in more detail. But Digimon World Two is full of time wasting. <laughs> Ways to pad out the fact that the game's actually not that long. My friend and I played it with some、uh, gray area emulators, <laughs> and he had it set to six hundred percent speed, just so we could, you know, actually play the game. But yeah, so we're talking about RPGs that should come back. Anything but Digimon World Two. That that game, bye. Music still slaps though. <laughs> that that was my point. If you if、uh, if you're listening to this, look up Digimon World Two Battle Team. That shit's good, but yeah. Okay, so Le- Legend of Mana, music's good. Anything else? Any any good characters? I assume it's a normal turn-based RPG. Like, there's no like killer mechanic. Uh, funnily enough, is the action, the battle system is actually more real-time action-based. You slide around on the 2D plane and、uh, you attack and fight. There'll be the, the, some of the monsters will have.、Uh, How do you call it? Tells it will charge up and stuff. So yeah. Is this the Dark Souls of Legend of Mana games? Well, I don't think so. But you know things. Okay, you know what? I will call Hideo. I'll tell him about this game because it sounds really cool, and I'll tell him 2D only, no 3D, and make sure it has color. And you bring Yokoshima Mura back. For the music, oh yeah, and and bring bring Kingdom Hearts Lady back. So as if I have to ask, is every game on this list just an RPG with a really good soundtrack? Um, remind me what's the list again, please. <laughs> okay, well let's go on the next one then. Vagrant Story. 
Vagrant story. I'm actually not too familiar with that. Oh, then okay. Then that was a note from our dear producer son. Uh, since neither of us know that, we we can drop it. What about Legend of Dragoon? Then Legend of Dragoon. I'm also sadly the most I know about it was that it has kind of a funky battle system, and that's about it. Okay, so really, we were just here to talk about Legend of Mana then. <laughs> Listen, because... I I put other games on that list that I'm familiar with. This is not just a love letter to Legend of Mana. What about Final Fantasy Tactics? Final Fantasy oh. Tactics. I like the Tactics game. It's technically back as War of the Visions, the good old gacha game. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I didn't personally play it myself. Here's the thing: X game is back as a gacha game is like saying. The Lich King has raised this dude as a Death Knight. Look, he's back to life. You're technically correct, but is it though? Like, if I resurrected your loving husband as a Death Knight and he's now burning a village to the ground, is that still your husband? Uh. Would your husband burn down a village? Well, I don't typically like husbands who burn down villages. I suppose. Yeah, no. When he was your husband, he didn't burn down the village. But now that he's a Death Knight, he's burning down the village. Because that's the command of the Lich King. Maybe I should so, exercise him. See, that's my point. So same thing. Is it back? If it's a gacha game. Technically no. back, but on technicality. So here's the thing. I myself have never played Final Fantasy Tactics either. My best friend says it's his favorite Final Fantasy game ever, and I've noticed this trend that everybody who's played Final Fantasy Tactics seems to agree. I saw a let's play of. The second game that has a main protagonist whose clothing sense is really all over the place, but he's kind of like any cute. Final Fantasy character. <laughs> I mean, he's literally got so much stuff tacked onto him for some reason, but he's cute, I guess. He's a son I would like to protect. I should point out, there's one thing from Tactics that has come back, What? which is the freaking red chocobo. Ah yes. Available in also in Final Fantasy XIV, whose free trial goes up to Heaven's Ward. It's true, the free trial goes up to Heaven's Ward. You should totally download that right now. That's an inside joke. Uh, but yeah, no, the Red Chocobo made it out and is now terrorizing the multiverse of Final Fantasy. But yeah, uh, Tactics has a really cool art style. I really like it. I just don't like Tactics games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's honestly fair. Like I said, this this is a weird topic because I don't I'm not attached to any RPG series enough that I could say like oh man this RPG series totally needs to come back, but I can tell you mechanics that need to come back. So one of the greatest Final Fantasies of all times, tactics aside, of course, is Lightning Returns. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> another rabbit hole. Let's not go there now. No, no, I'm just saying this is a mechanic that that needs to come back. Is the ATB system for Lightning Returns is pretty cool, and technically, yeah, no, Seven Remake does it better. Seven Remake is the natural evolution of Lightning Returns, and that's pre- like this has actually turned me off of turn-based RPGs like Seven Remake's combat system because you know how before this people said, hey, you know, you can't expect a turn-based RPG to play like an action game. Those two don't mix, and then Seven Remake comes on. It's like actually they do mix, and now I see Persona 5 Royal, and I'm just like, why can't you be more like that? Music's good, but you know, 
Joker, why can't why can't you move around while attacking? Save some space for me. I love turn base. But see, that's the thing. You love turn base, so you know you're fine with turn base the way they are. My problem is now that like I am an impatient manchild who needs flashy combo on screen at all times. So yeah, go going back to turn base is hard. Okay, let's think of it. Okay, so the next thing we're gonna talk about is Lunar. Ah, uh, Lunar. There was the game, the last game I believe when I looked it up was back in 2012. Silver Star Complete. The one I'm familiar with is Eternal Blue. And it has, from, in my opinion, one of the best English dubbings I have ever heard. And the teams, the Lu- and, uh, Lucia's team in English is far superior than the Japanese one. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, the, which team is the superior one, sir? The in- English version Lucia's team is much better than the Japanese one. Huh. Yeah, I but, I've listened to it both, and I prefer vastly prefer the English version. But but but, but Japanese is is the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, this no. one's another another turn-based game, where, where you course. can. Shuffle around a little bit more freely on the battlefield. So there are skills that require certain positionings. And honestly, I'm not that well versed in the game because I didn't play it myself. But mm-hmm. there were bonus stuff like bromides. So at some points and certain events, you can unlock like extra uh, CGs. Of the characters, and there are a couple of really good joke ones. I think some of you may know the notorious bathtub bromide. I hope bathtub bromide. Hold yeah. on, this isn't yeah. his name Geralt Arivia. Unfortunately, not as hard as Geralt Arivia. That's why it's a joke. Wait, how how do you spell that? Which one? I typed it in, and I'm getting bathtub bromide. Uh, B-R-O-M-I-D-E So there's one really fan service one with a really pretty girl And the other one is slightly marginally less pretty It's quite a fun actually Okay, I had to put the word lunar into into it because I was just getting ads for bathtubs <laughs> That's my that's my ad recommendations gonna be screwed up So, wait, so what are bromides? I'm not exactly sure of the name, I'm sorry, but I know it exists. It has been seared into my brain. Yeah, I'm seeing what... So the bromide is the girl or the bathtub? Uh, it features the characters in the bathtub. Okay, so it's like collectible cards then. Yep. The... Okay, can you... The story is pretty... Pretty long, I believe. And... It's a JRPG, of course it's Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, JRPGs. It do be like that, but again, this is another another of the series where the music is just really good. The battle team, the default battle team is just kind of rocking it, you know. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I really like this whole retro anime art style the games got as well. Yeah, I I am quite fond of it. Then the then since I'm more familiar with Eternal Blue. The relationship development between Lucia and Hero was pretty nice, even though I think the ending is a bit sus. 
Uh, we we should have a podcast one day where we talk about uh, game endings. Probably because I because I I got words about those game endings and then there are protagonists too because there are some protagonists who are just uh uh no comment. <laughs> But yeah, no. Okay, so I I approve of Luna. Just so you know, we're gonna we're gonna tell Hideo about this, just because those bromide collections sound like a great way to spend some time. Yep, and you get story in between too, cause you need to go through certain events before you can get some of them, and the bonus ones, of course. You said it's turn based, right? Yep, but it's a bit more positional than, like say Persona, where you just stand in a line and everyone takes their turn. Ah. Uh. So it's like Yakuza then. Sorry. So it's like Yakuza then, because Yakuza is actually quite position based as well. <laughs> well, so the most I know about Yakuza is Bakami time. So. Now to spe- specifically talking about Seven, because Seven is one that's a turn based RPG. Eventually, I'll get round to it. Okay, I need I need to know what this is, because this is an amazing name. Next on this list. Wild arms. Wild Listen. arms. Yes. Uh, the theme song with Ayumi Hamasaki was really great. It's the one that stuck in my head the, for like the rest of time. <laughs> hmm. Uh, this one is also turn-based. The setting is kind of like western and steampunk type, and there's one of them that has the ending that really blow your mind kind of thing. So. I won't say much more about that. Well, honestly, the system was pretty cool, and JRPG protagonists with guns. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like the first image up is this guy who was the power of gun. It oh, it itself actually had a gacha game, but it shut down last year. So that's the last of Wild Arms for quite a bit, I suppose. Because otherwise, oh the god, main. Oh my god! It's like Oh, you published it? Yeah, they well, Wild Arms Four was published by Exceed. Ah,、uh, I think the one I'm talking about is Three for with、uh, Ayumi Hamasaki's、uh, theme song. But yeah, I say it should come back solely because of the whole gun Wild West kind of steampunk JRPG style. Why? Yeah, should, why shouldn't yeah. that come back? We need cowboy RPGs. Is basically what. Basically, the closer I can get to playing Cowboy Bebop, the better it is. So,、um, Stampin' Wild Arms gets the approval. <laughs> so far, I've what I've realized is we're doing every game so far has been approved except for Digimon World Two. <laughs> All right, so our final list, our final game on this list, we are gonna take a look at Seventh Dragon. Kit, what's the case for Seventh Dragon? Seventh Dragon has music by Sasakura UK. <laughs> Once again, music. Yeah,、uh, but this time I actually got the game because dragons.、Uh, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm honestly pretty simple. You can hook me with giant robots, thirteen sentinels. Great music again, thirteen sentinels and Octopath, and probably a few other games that I've forgotten. And dragons,、mm-hmm. which is seventh dragon, 
Seven Dragon is a more obscure series. It's got a few games originally. Does it always have this chibi look to it? Uh, yeah, it's, it did start out on the DS, so you have this really chibi look. But later on, uh, Shiro Miwa, I think. I'm actually not sure. Maybe I should cut that out. The Later on, the they had sprites that look a bit more adult and realistic, but still anime-esque. But the chibi figures are still kept the same. I like how you say anime-esque and not anime as heck, because I'm looking at... Seven Dragon Tree, that is full-on anime. <laughs> That's good too, when did this game come out? Came out. Oh, uh, it came out 2020. Oh uh, no no, it's not 2020. It's The name is called 2020, but it's not 2020. Oh, uh, we're living in the future, I forgot. <laughs> came out in 2015, Seven Dragon Tree, Code VFD. I played Code VFD, so... I would call it kind of like an Atrium Odyssey light, but you don't make the maps because uh, the map will slowly expand as you explore the, the world on the 3DS because the second screen was the map. Then you have three starting party members, or rather frontline party members, three more sets of three, so in total you will have 12. So the system hmm. was you have your frontliners and then at any point you could swap to the other three parties in the reserve and those in the reserve aren't just sitting pretty either you could use their skills and pile it together then you could abuse that and do some really massive damage or really great buffs oh so you can switch them in mid combat like pokemon uh, yeah, pretty much so you could use that character's turn and switch to someone in the reserve. Ah. Uh, it was Yeah, really no, that's straight, straight up Pokemon, yeah. So, as the name implies, you go up against dragons who are pretty much decimating the world. I believe the thing was called Dragon Bloom. So, it's slowly taking over the world. It's gradually killing everyone with its infections. But I understand that V code VFT was actually kind of criticized because people didn't like where they took the story. Since it was a sequel mm -hmm. from the previous game and also the last game of the series. So they had some well character changes I suppose and their motivations. Since okay. I didn't know anything about the previous games, I just think that the story itself is a little bit on a weak side and some of the bonus battles were i suppose as you expect kind of bullshit but mm -hmm. it was i did enjoy it for however long it was and there were certain plot moments that are like ah damn we really did that huh i just want to point out i'm on the wiki page for the banisher class right now uh-huh and this is some peak this because i assume you can have multiple Characters like with different genders of the same class, right? Yes. So this is some peak like how to design for men and how to design for women. Because the men are these sick giant knights. They look like they look freaking sick is what is what I'm mainly getting at. I love the helmet. If you know Lotrek from Dark Souls, it looks kinda like that but without the crown. Anyways, the girl has cat ears and, and uh 
Thankfully, her thighs are now. If this were Monster Hunter, like, her whole ass would be out right now. Well, the thing is with VFD, you could use any of the sprites for any of the classes, so... You could, uh, have, you could have literal references to children's card games being some grand old knight smacking people with cards. That's an option. One of my oh, favorite yeah, sprites yes. was the maid. The maid outfit because she has a color, pla color palette like Sakuya from Toho Project. God hand. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yep. I mean, some, I guess you could consider them with the canonical class with their designs, but you're pretty free to do whatever. And also, um. one of the, probably, maybe, one of the funniest things about Se the Seventh Dragon as a series is that 2020 had official Hatsune Miku collaboration and there's an entire <laughs> soundtrack the, dragon. the entire soundtrack has a diva version which means Hatsune Miku exists in the 7th dragon universe and she made the music <sighs> they didn't bring that I back mean... for the 3DS version for, the, for code VFD but it was a really fun trivia to know Hatsune Miku can't believe Miku is the 7th dragon I mean she could be yeah, and also dragons 1 through 6. Anyways, I mean, I think it's obvious from how excited I was uh, that that's obviously a pass. So we'll, I'll forward this email to Hideo Kojima and we'll see about bringing these games back. I'll remind him Digimon World 2 is a hard no. So that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to it on Anchor or Spotify, you know, don't forget to rate us if you're listening to this on youtube you know like the video if this hits 2k plays we will do user suggested content you can send an email to one at gamerbraves.com have a chance to get your question read out on air of, of course uh, i should preface this sending an email does not mean it will get read on air like there is some moderation going on <laughs> don't go sending me a bunch of slurs and then expecting me to read it online and be like Ooh. You said you'd read it on air. I was like, obviously I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Anyways, this has been The Brave Room. We apologize for the dog in the background. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to end on, Kit? Uh, that was like 30 minutes of me gushing about kind of slightly obscure RPGs. Oh, yeah. dude, Seven Dragon is obscure as heck. Oh, yeah. I... Uh, I just got it on a whim and I ended up liking it so much. So yeah, that's it from us. Uh, see you. See ya.